1: Cheers, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Sleeps in the Gully. I'm joined tonight by Az. How are you, Az? I'm good, mate. Thanks. How are you going? Oh, I'm excellent. It seems like ages since we've managed to sit down and talk some cricket, real life has gotten in the way a couple of times, so uh, we haven't managed do? to... Uh... To sit down and have a chinwag, so it's, it's good. It's good to get back into the studio and start talking cricket again. So, uh and some big news too. Oh yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, it's going to be a quick one, but it's going to be a good one. There's a lot of heat to talk about, but what we do have to talk about is pretty poignant. We're going to have a bit of a look at how the IPL is running. There are some big name Australians trying to ply their trade there along with the other superstars of the world, so um, we'll poke our head in there and just have a look to see you know, our thoughts thus far. But the uh, Australian Test squad for the World Test Championship final and the first two Ashes Test has been released, and you <laughs> would you believe this? As we've got an opinion about it. Oh, no, <laughs> no, nah.
2: it's lucky. That Aaron and I have um. Moved. We don't work together necessarily anymore. I, I've, same. I've, same. I've been pensioned off out of the out of the timber yard. Same now.
1: building, but they split us up because we yeah. didn't get enough work done when we just taught cricket. Oh, I think that's a lie. Then we got more work. I done think that's actually
2: a lie. We got more work done. We should be thanked for bringing <laughs> our insights to the, to the wider population of Bunnings. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So. Um, we haven't really had too much of a chance to express... No, this will all be fairly is, off yeah, the cuff. There's sad. been no... Not that we
1: normally rehearse, but there's, you know, when we're working together every day, there's tends to be that we end up telling the same stories again by the time we get to the podcast. But it's going to be all all new, all new insights it's, it's for us. very so, exciting. Um, so all of that will be coming up straight after this.
0: Here we go. Ryan Harris. Oh!
1: So it's uh, this time again, year time of year again. The IPL has been going about. Um, Cam Green has begun his uh, IPL career. He's the highest ever you know, contracted player in terms of in terms of dollars. So the richest deal ever signed in uh, IPL history, um, I would think. And we're as big Cam Green fans as we are, he hasn't lived up to that billing.
2: No, just and, yet. I I also think that you you have bought him on potential, okay. And, and they now own the retention and rights they as own well. the retention rights of him. And I've got no doubt that this spell in the IPL will do him some good somewhere along the line. Um, we got a little bit of a taste of what he can do last night. Yeah, impressive um, sixty. Yeah.
1: He has he's been a bit unlucky at times as well. I remember him looking really good. He just absolutely brutalised a handful of deliveries to the boundary. And then Jadeja came on, so he was playing Chennai, and he's absolutely creamed it. And, like, it's the best thing to watch in slow motion because Jadeja just puts his hands up above his head and shuts his eyes, and he's sitting there going, well, I really hope that... um, I'm not
2: going to die. You know,
1: uh, I hope my wife knows how much I love her and my kids, and uh, I really just hope that i And then all of a sudden the ball just sticks in his hand, and he just opens his eyes... And throws it up in the air. Like, I know Jadeja's is an amazing fielder, but this is one of those times where it was, this was not Jadeja's skill no. that made that. No. Like, the umpire, like, it looked like someone had taken a rifle out and he was diving for cover. He just hurt it off the bat and he just, just
2: jumped. Yeah, I'm out of here.
1: And Jadeja's is just like, oh, God, I'm about to be killed. Hands up. Oh, did I do enough with my life? Oh, my God. My life is flashing. I, I remember that. And then stick. Yeah. Looked up and Cam Green was just like, yeah, and, and all kidding. of that happened in about 0.
2: 0.2 of a second. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, and man, off he trudged. The impressive thing for me too is I've seen him bowl a couple of times, and um you can see every time he comes to the bowl increase, he's learning something.
1: Yeah, he's raw. I mean, we yeah. knew that. We've we've known that from the times that even in playing in Test cricket, that the the potential's there, but he's very raw. He started off being short or full. Um, you know, being used in the test game and the one day is again, you know, there's um, there it's sort of like he knows how to bowl and it's now that higher level learning he needs to get and he's yeah. v- very much doing a lot of that, yeah, at international level at like the oh, highest yeah, yeah. level he's learning his craft and, and he's he's and holding his own. So yeah, but he
2: hasn't he hasn't not justified the, the massive price tag, but he hasn't gone out and set everything alight, um, and. It, you know, I think that the the tournament's still young as well. There's plenty of time for him to have impacts on games. And, I mean, let's face it, we, when you're buying these high-priced players and you're bringing them in, it's an unrealistic expectation to think that they're going to contribute a match-winning performance every game.
1: Oh, and especially he, this
2: is his first rendition yeah, in the IPL yeah, as well. If you can get three or four really, really good match-defining performances out of a guy like Cam Green in a 16-18 in match tournament, That's, I think that's a pretty good return on your investment because he's not going to be absolutely abysmal during the rest of it. It's just that next level that he goes to. To oh, His performances so far have been absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong mm. with them.
1: It's just only when you put the, this guy is being paid this much money per game yeah. to do that is when uh-huh. you sort of go, hmm. But like, like, I think it was more... We want him, we think he's going to be good, but we know he's going to be better next year and we get first crack at him next year. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're happy to fork out that money. Uh, In terms of everyone else, um, I'm sure that uh, um, South Africa are ruining the fact that um, Faf Tuplosi has decided he's no longer up for the international game. He is leading the runs at the moment, 259 runs, 350s in five games, going at a strike rate of 170. Well, like, Faff
2: I'm, is aging like a fine wine, and like you look at the guy, he's he's like the South African version of Marcus Stoinis. He really is. He's just a muscle man. Well, they um, I, I apparently I, they have like a platonic thing going on where yeah, they're like nice rig mate, yeah, nice no, rig yeah, mate.
1: Like yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard. Um, I think it was Faff talking about Stoin. I don't think it it might have yeah. been Stoin talking about Faff, But yeah, they're, they're, that acknowledgement
2: yeah. that they're like they're the big, yeah, they're big, big, big muscle brown blokes of cricket. Yeah, um, I watched him and uh, Maxwell the other night. Wow, he is hitting the ball as well. And what I find extraordinary about him, as well as how his game has evolved in the T Twenty era with the amount that he's playing now, he is an absolute gun.
1: Oh yeah, he when you think about it. Gun. Like
2: Fact Duplessis burst onto the
1: scene, at least in an Australian perspective, with that uh, three hundred and eighty ball hundred 100. scored at Adelaide. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that that guy is. Going Is to turn around guy, to then be a you know a guy going at 180 in in T20 cricket. No. Um, speaking of Maxwell, he's starting to come good as well, going at about a strike rate of 200, mm-hmm. um, 250 so far. A really dynamic. Was it 70 odd or 40 odd balls the yeah, other night? And 30 really odd balls. Got um
2: yeah, yeah cool. eight sixes he hit, and every single one of them was a six on any ground. It really was, and he hit one that went. Oh, oh my! It had to be. It would, It's hard to say on those smaller grounds because Chennai is quite a small ground. But on any of those IPL grounds, they were sixes. Yeah. I might might have been one that just skimmed over the rope for it for a. Big well, game. He's
1: he's priming himself. Well, he's been out of the game for a while. He's getting primed for hopefully a big run in the World Cup because we'll need Maxwell yeah. when we go over we need for the World Cup. He
2: remains that X factor guy, doesn't he? Um, our criticism of him would have been that there's been too many times that he's he's let the hasn't come to the party but he remains that one guy oh, who he's a guy when day. he gets
1: it right he yeah. will win you he'll win your a cricket game on his own bat ball field he yeah. is a guy that can do that yeah. um, Virat Kohli is uh, sort of Returning to a bit of form, 220 runs at uh, 55. He's got 350 striking it at just about just a tick under 150 in this tournament, doing really well for R Doesn't it suit him to open the batting for him? I think so too. It gives him a little bit of time that he can yeah. sort of get himself the same way that Smith, I think, is probably a natural T20 opener if you can afford it with some some bigger hitting down. Yeah. So you know, with guys like you know Maxwell in that lineup for um broad, uh, for RCB, you can um. You can afford to maybe then have a guy that's not quite the the dasher you imagine he would be. But 150 strike rate is certainly keeping yeah. everyone honest. That's not no, slow absolutely. going.
2: No, well, I mean, people are saying is he, you, he went through that horrible period where he just couldn't make a run. And he's kind of fought his way back to it. I still don't think this is Virat Kohli of five, six years ago when he was at, at his absolute prime.
1: Oh, I don't think we're going to get that,
2: Cole. No. Father time's coming. It happens exactly. to everyone. But he's still a formidable opponent. He really is. He's very, very difficult to bowl to. Those wrists are just as good as ever.
1: Yeah. Uh, so David Warner, who we're going to talk a lot about later on in the episode, he is... Um, well, he's in the runs, but they're not necessarily the way you want to get him. He's hit some of the slowest You, can't, you in. can't be going
2: at a strike rate of 115 opening the batting man. And, like, making 50s at 115 is not good enough. So it, it's good to see from an Australian
1: perspective he's at least hanging around in the middle. He's getting a bat. He's seeing. But in terms of what Delhi want, and there's a, there's a reason probably why... Um, the the Delhi Capitals are the the only winless team in the IPL at the moment. But uh,
2: well, the thing is, they're a poor team. Okay, if you, I've watched a couple of their games, and they're and they're not a great team. They're not a great team in the field. Their bowling isn't overly dynamic, and um, the batting hasn't been great. They are missing Richard Pant, who I'm sure would make a big difference to that to that batting lineup.
1: But still, yeah, they're they're not a team he's not taking that team from where it is to
2: oh, no. contending for a title. So. No, no, he's, um, I mean, if anything, that he could find himself in a position where they're dragging him down because the pressure that he's going to be on, every time he goes out to bat, it's going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so for
1: a purely selfish, you know, World Test Championship Ashes perspective, I'm liking that Warner is at least spending some time in the middle, but for the job that he's supposed to be doing, it's concerning that, you know, Warner is... A, Seems to have lost that ability to, to kick it into gear. I mean, even his performances for Australia in the white ball game aren't his normal,
2: typical no. um, crash bang no. approach to he it. He seems to have lost the ability to clear the boundary, is what I've noticed. And he's hitting a lot of fours. He's not hitting very many sixes anymore. And then once upon a time, David Morty could rely on him, certainly in a T20 game, to plonk at least one or two over the fence. But he, um, yeah, he doesn't seem. I. I think with him... How many sixes do you think he's hit so far in this IPL? Maybe five. Zero. Yeah. Zero sixes. Yeah. Faf
1: Duklesi, so- for example, has scored only 30 runs more than
2: him, has hit 18 sixes. Yeah. So it's not like he's well, got a heap more Maxwell hit eight sixes in one innings. Okay, He's got to be in double figures for sixes already in this tournament. He's, and he's nowhere near the amount of runs that Warner scored.
1: 19 sixes and seven fours for Glenn Maxwell.
2: Oh. He,
1: he's, a, he's a stick cricketer through and through. He sure is. Um, so uh, bowling, Mark Wood has had an incredible tournament. Um, he's bowled a maiden such yeah. league so is where you can you know you're doing a good job so is Muhammad Shami, bold maidens um mm-hmm. so Moorwood sitting on 11 wickets topping the table along with uh, chahal and Rashid Khan yeah. uh, Muhammad Shami is uh, there on 10 um I, bowlers not a lot to write home about if you're an Australian fan to be honest uh mm-hmm. Nathan Ellis has played three games for Punjab and has five wickets at 17 at going at only eight and a half, so that's, that's good going for
2: him. probably deserves been, more he, of a game. Yeah, he hasn't been getting much of a game, but I seen him in one game and he was super impressive.
1: Uh, Meredith, Riley Meredith from Mumbai, also got five wickets, going at nine and over, but still, yeah. that's that's Riley Meredith pretty much. Yeah. He'd be going sort of that sort of numbers for the Big Bash, so I'm not too too concerned about that. Um, guy that I'm happy to see is um, after just being all over it for the last few um Tournaments in the, in the in the big bash. Matt Short's getting a run, doing a job over there. He's going. We got some runs the other day too. It looked pretty good. Yeah, so he's at the moment. Hang on, I had. I was just looking at that. Where did I put it, his stats? Um, Matt Short, he's got seventy run runs, thirty six the other day. He's got averaging uh, twenty three, but he's going at a strike rate of one hundred and forty four. So he's mm-hmm. he's getting in
2: there and doing his job. He's, he's trying doing, to go quick. He's doing what he does.
1: He's bowled a few overs and he's opened the bat, opened the
2: bowling a few times as well. And he's, well, this just is illustrating the point that you were making uh, over a couple of podcasts. What good value he would bring to our T Twenty team. Yep. You know, we get some cheap overs out of him. He can open the bowling, bowls in the power play strikes at 140 plus yeah um surely in our next t20s well we need to be fine in a, a, a spe- a play, a especially in with
1: like, especially with the fact that we've had such a long layoff between t20 campaigns yeah it's it's time to hit the hard reset button yeah yeah you know, this uh, we're not delving down that rabbit hole too much but that Australian team um it can't exist in its current form it's um it, it yeah it won the 2021 world Cup and then at home it missed the semi-finals and, and it seemed like they didn't care. And you need to be semi-finals. you need to be breeding some consistency with this team and you can't just be sort of, you know, if Australia's got aspirations of being the best team in the world, which you would hope that those are the aspirations for an Australian team in any, in any format, that you, you can't, it needs to be consistency backing up. It's only 12 months down the line and we went from, in the foreign conditions that we're not really known for playing well in, winning... Coming back to our own conditions and, and missing the semi-finals, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, that team, and that's that's off the back of really horribly inconsistent performances for the last sort of four or five years leading up to the World Cup. So you'd have to say that this team, with some of the age players that are in there, the fact that they haven't, because it's time for a reset and a rebuild and a revamp to get towards the twenty twenty four T twenty World Cup. And I think Matt Short is a is a perfect player to be putting in there he's got all the tools that you need you know he's a natural successor i find for for Glenn Maxwell not necessarily that finisher in the in the middle order but a uh a top order batsman that can offer you some legitimate spinovers, which then, then helps the balance of your team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so moving from there, the um, Rajasthan are sitting on top of the table at the moment, looking very good, powered by Joss Butler and everyone there. So, it's probably to be another very good tournament, a very lucrative tournament for the IPL. Isn't,
2: isn't he an interesting? Like he's an enigma, Joss Butler, isn't he? I mean, you look at this guy bat in white ball cricket, and you think to yourself, you should be one of the very finest batsmen in the world. And in white ball cricket you are. But in red ball, There's what, the, what happened when he put white clothes on? I don't on? know.
1: You look at the way he bat, when he's batting, especially in the one-day game when he's got a little bit more time. Yeah, the in, way in that 50 he, over cricket he's just... The way that he bats, it's just like I don't understand. It's like Shy Hope is another one. I don't understand how you can't do that in white yeah. <laughs> like, and that's
2: what it falls down. It seems to be like there's, this there's so not much a much... lot more.
1: Like it's it's not like he's got a kinky technique, like someone like Aaron Finch who was always suspect to the ball shaping back in or anything like that or going hard at it. Huh. He's got all the tools. that looks like okay. There should be no reason why this guy can't just go out and do what he does. He where, wherever I mean, and it's not like he gets gets caught. Sort of, or he attacks on the up through you know gully and stuff. Where in a test match he'll be. Caught there quite often because they've got those positions loaded. Like he, he, he'd in the V, it just, yeah, it boggles me with Josh Butler. He's sitting uh, there going, there's no reason why exactly this is, guy yeah. shouldn't be doing what he's doing in test cricket. And uh, the same with Shy Hope. Shy Hope's not a guy that relies on crash, bang, and clearing the boundaries, hitting a uh, lot of sixes. He's a guy that you can pile in an innings and you get him into test cricket and he just, he just does his, he's just – he's awful. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: so, yeah, so it's uh, probably to be a very good tournament. Um, Are we going to stick our necks out and possibly suggest who may be coming out on top? Oh, oh, you probably haven't
1: watched as much of it as Bobby I haven't have. watched as much of it as you. I would be hard back at the moment, Be hard to go
2: back against uh, Rajasthan. They're looking, what I've seen, looking very good. Yeah, I look, I, I don't disagree with that. I think um, the Chennai Super Kings. Well, no, any has got MS Dhoni in it is yeah. never he, down and out. It's amazing to watch those
1: games with him involved. I don't know and what's more impressive, MS Dhoni's cricket game or the job that he's done with his hair. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, he's about 15 years younger. He looks like his career is about to just start. <laughs> he is.
2: For, all, for whatever faults that can be pointed out about him, and it can't be too many because the guy is like an absolute legend in Indian cricket and has been one of the great cricketers in the world over his over his career. But the aura, the, just the aura that he exudes when he's out there on that field. And... I was watching the other day when Maxwell and, and um, um, Faf was just smashing them around everywhere. Didn't bad nightly. Didn't care. He just kept making the changes, making the changes. Once he got the breakthrough, and you've seen once he got the breakthrough, he got a bit more animated with the boys and said, right now, this is our chance. Yeah. We, get of, we get rid of Faf next and we're right in this game. That's oh, exactly played. what happened.
1: When you look at Ricky Ponting's captaincy record, you'd be thinking, there's no one that's coming close to that. And M.S. Dhoni has a a very legitimate argument to be the better one-day captain, Um, and that's just part and parcel of that. Mm -hmm. He just never seems flustered. He never seems – never thinks that he's out of the game and always just seems to know which strings to pull. Yeah, Um, yeah, so he can never back out out Chennai, but – um, sort of you, again, I haven't watched as much of it as you have, just some highlights here and there, and as much as I can catch with it being on relatively late at night, I would be finding it difficult to go part, too far past Rajstar at the moment. They're looking primed for a another yeah. big well,
2: performance. I mean, the, the game they lost, they probably should have won as well. So, yeah, they should really be probably five from five at the moment. Um, Luck now, who are the defending, uh, the Super Giants, who are the defending champions, not quite the team they were last year. Hardik Pandy is not performing.
1: Ra- KL Rahul's struggling as well. He had a yeah. huge yeah. Uh, year for them. So yeah. um, And uh, Rashid
2: Khan, like I said as well, he's uh, not being as miserly as he no, normally is. I was quite shocked. Not shocked, but when you see the raw numbers there in the stats where he's going at eight and a half and over. the Rashid Khan's going at eight and half and over. But it has been so far, I must admit, it has been so far. Um, a batsman's tournament? Very much so. The wickets that, they've, that they've are being produced are conducive to, to big scores. Cue. Cool. Well, let us know what you think. Got any uh, tips
1: out there, guys? Who's going to pull out the IPL crown this year? Uh, let us know on our social media pages. Uh, but right after this, we're going to get down to the thing that we've been strewing over all day, and that is the Ashes slash World Championship final squad announcement by the Australians.
0: Here
1: we go, it's our favourite thing to do as a cricket podcast and that is speculate on the future because it makes us feel good when our speculations come right. So we are of course talking about the Australian uh, squad for the upcoming test against India in the World Test Championship final and the first two Ashes tests. So the squad reads as such. Pat Cummins returns as the captain of the side. Scott Boland makes it. Alex Carey, Cameron Green, Marcus Harris gets a recall. Josh Hazelwood, uh, pending fitness, obviously. Travis Head, Josh Inglis makes a recall. Usman Khawaja, Manus Labuschagne, Nathan Lyme. Mitch Marsh gets recalled. Todd Murphy comes over from a, a great tour of India. Matthew Renshaw, Steve Smith as the vice-captain, Mitchell Stark, and Dave Warner has been spared the axe heading into what has not been a very happy hunting ground for him. Uh, so firstly, a few things. Uh, it's great to see that uh, Pat's back. Uh, he's going to be instrumental in that series over there. Uh, he's had a, you know, an absolutely horrible time uh, during that Indian series where he had to come home and unfortunately uh, you know, his mother passed away. Um, our, our thoughts are obviously with the Cummins family. It's never, a, it's never a good time to, to have that. So, um, and what a horrible loss it would be for him. So it's great to see him back
2: uh, in and the squad it representing be, our nation. Be over on any niggles that he's got and fit and firing to go. Hopefully in a good mental state, um, because it's going to be the captaincy over there in this Ashes series is going to be very, very important. Yeah, it it's will going be. To be hugely important. Uh, it's good to see that Todd Murphy Stark continues to
1: rise. He's now selected as the backup spinner, so he's ousted Mitchell Swepson as the full-time. You know, travelling reserve for for um for Nathan Lyon. He uh, should
2: and so he should. be and so His he perform- should. His performances have justified I, it. I
1: could see Cunnaman maybe, maybe may have got in there. He did get bag of five for in county cricket
2: just uh, yesterday, the day let's before. But, but to, I think Murphy is just he's a star in the making. Yeah, let's just leave him running around over there in county cricket, picking up wickets for fun. Um, if Kuhneman, we need him, we, we, need, we need him, the squad. he's a he's a plane trip away. So. Um, Overall, the squad itself, I don't think, is necessarily what we unexpected. No, I don't think there's except for the 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 one that we're about to get into. The selection of Mitch Marsh, Um, I'm at an absolute loss to understand why, particularly in the in the context over the last couple of weeks where. If we, if we go on like for like, Mitch Marsh is not like Cameron Green. No, okay, he's no. not. He, he's not as good a batsman technically. He's uh, he's a good fielder. I'll, I'll give you that. He's a pretty good fielder. But with the ball, you're well behind. Does he bowl? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, are we sure? Yeah, well, I, I was looking at his record and he's taken test wickets. <laughs> it's been a mighty long time since he's bowled. I, 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 well, I can't remember the last time he really bowled in anger. He might have got an over here and there in a 20-over game, but that's about it. Um, um, one I'm thing, thing astonished that, it, that he's even staggers me point. about this is, so we're going through the
1: rigmarole of having Australia A play New Zealand A. Specifically, specifically to audition for ashes spots because they're going to use a juke ball. We go and give Aaron Hardy, who is the next best young all-rounder coming through. This guy's got a Shield 174 in a final to his name. He's been scoring runs for fun in white ball cricket uh, in domestically. Um, it, it wasn't a, a stellar season with the bat for him this year in Shield, but it wasn't a bad one either. A couple of very good knocks. He goes over in this you know, this series, this tour designed to, to tackle the new ball. And in a total of 100 or 256 or something, he ends up with 120, batting at four as captain. What is the point of asking this guy to jump through these hoops if we're then just going to give it to Mitch Marsh, who's done nothing but play white ball cricket and is currently in the IPL?
2: Yeah, I just...
1: And, it is, and that, what's frustrating is the whole... And I'm, I'm sorry for the language, but it's bullshit that we went through. like This is what George Bailey was supposed to stop. This is the nonsense, um, you know, buddy of mine selections. We told Adam Zampa, who was bowling his ass off for the Australian white ball sides, go back and play a couple of games of Shield for New South Wales and um, get yourself set. And he walked out of that meeting with the understanding that he would be in the squad. So long as he didn't go and break a leg playing for New South Wales or wasn't absolute rubbish, and he wasn't. He actually had a couple of really good games for New South Wales, which were a really struggling team this year at Shield, that he was going to get into that squad. And they didn't pick him in the squad because they said he didn't have enough red ball cricket under his belt to go on a, a, a test tour of India. But yet we've now picked Mitchell Marsh, who I believe has played one Shield game in the last two and a half years. Uh, and got a 100. And he but... did score a 100. and He played very well. Don't get me wrong, but he has he has as little Red ball credentials as Adam Zampa. Mind you, Mitchell Marsh has also played a stack of games where he's managed to reach the lofty heights of the worst number six to play as many games as he has. Mm-hmm. And he's in the side. Yeah. Now, he's been awesome at white ball cricket. Can we not just let, like... Sleeping Dogs lie and let him be a white ball superstar and move on from here. No, I, we're, we're now impacting the future generation. Like, this is nonsense. He has not done anything deserved to be there. And, and it's a big difference for going in. And everyone's going to go, but look at all the runs he scored. He's been hitting them for fun. He's playing white ball cricket, flat pitches, you know, a license to go out and hit. He's not going to get that license playing against James Anderson and Stuart Broad nipping the ball sideways
2: like that. We've tried it before. Mitch Marsh doesn't do that. Yeah, there's nothing that's happened with Mitch Marsh over the last few years since the last time he was in the Test team that suggests his skill set has got any better. I mean, I can name it. I watched him in one of the games in the IPL. He got cleaned up by a ball that nipped back and went through the gate. If that's happening on a dry, not doing too much Indian pitch at 130 k's an hour and he's getting cleaned up by that, they will eat him alive if he has to play. They will slaughter him. And, and whose place is he going to take? Oh. Are we taking him yeah. as have a to be a, for Cameron Green? You have to be. It's the only reason you to cannot be Look, serious. Even still,
1: even if Cam Green rolled an ankle, ruled out the series, Marsh came in and had a semi-decent Ashes series, it's not fair that he's been picked because they keep moving the goalposts depending on who it is. Yeah. Like, where is the consistency in the Australian selections here? Like, what has Marsh done to get himself back into the squad... When guys like Adam Zampa, who are doing what the selectors asked, yeah. and they can't make it in there, like if, if it's, if it's one, not Adam good Zampa. enough for Zampa to make it as a white ball specialist, how is it good enough for Marsh to make it? When you do have a younger, more talented batsman who was doing the job that you like, I'm sure Aaron Hardy would have been wanted to put his hand up, and maybe go into the IPL auction. Mm-hmm. Like he would have, like a man remember, attracted big dollars, but there would have been some IPL. Somebody would have, been somebody would have him up, would surely. Have, would have had a, a, a long, hard look at him. Yeah. He's had a couple of nice um, ga- uh, series for the Scorchers now. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that's put his hand up to captain his country, scored 100 and in a low-scoring game, and yeah, it, it just I just don't get it. Like I do not get If he's only going as a reserve, like why are we wasting that on a spot that a guy that we know at the peak of his powers is probably not good enough? No, and the thing is,
2: I look at it, too, from the point of view, what's, what value is Mitch Marsh bringing to this? He's not bringing any value. He's not as good a bowler as Green. He's not as good as batsman as Green. He's not as good a batsman as any of the other reserve batsmen. What about poor old Pete Hanscom? Yeah, if, what what if, has this guy done? If your
1: argument is that they're not going to take him as a cover for Green, he's there as a reserve batsman, Pete Hanscom just went and did a fantastic job, all things considered, in India. I mean, yes, we've got these massive technical issues and there's a big concerns that he could get um, cleaned up by the English bowlers, but he's over in
2: county cricket scoring a heap of runs as well. Yeah. Um, I actually, we were talking about this point very briefly earlier. I think that we're starting to put a little bit too much emphasis on what people are doing in county cricket. I don't think that the standard over there is particularly high. And guys who are going over there and doing well aren't necessarily ready to jump up to the next level. Um, Marcus Harris is a classic case in point. I I have very, very serious doubts about him. I really do. I just don't think he's technically good enough to succeed at test level. With the examinations that you get from really good bowls at test level, he's been found wanting time after time after time.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's not like you'd say that he's oh his technique's improved. His technique is still very much largely the same as it um, as it always has been. Yeah. So I'm just um, and the thing that really annoys me as well is you know
2: what's Cam Bancroft got to do to get back into the site? Is he still paying the price for sandpaper? Gate? I hope not. I really do, because all the other all the other merchants of sandpaper have paid their price. Um. And the guy has just been making runs for fun, both here and in England. If you're going to put a high stock on what people can do in England, the guy's been nothing but a success over there. Um, where, what, are we, what are we saying to people? And this it comes back to your point about consistency of selection. What are we saying to these guys who go out and murder every bowler who they come across? But can't get a gig in the Australian team. Well, and
1: that's another thing too with Cam Bancroft as well. So, like, I know they're not a like-for-like position, and Camp Bancroft would be taken as a specialist opener, and they've picked Marcus Harris and uh, Matt Renshaw as the you would imagine to be the specialist openers. But if you're if you're Cam Bancroft, yeah, you know, why would you want to go keep? Trying your ass out in Shield cricket. Why would you not just give up Shield cricket and then go around and like? Because Cam Bancroft has turned into quite a handy limited overs player. Oh, he's he had sensational Big Bash this year and why he had a pretty would,
2: good one last year as well. Why would he not just
1: give that away? Concentrate on you know play the Marsh Cup and then do the the see if he can get a gig playing in the CPL or right. the the you know the major league cricket. And try and make some big runs there and get his weight. Like at the moment, you're just rewarding depending on who you are, you're being rewarded for the wrong things. Well, not the wrong things. You're not being rewarded for long-term cricket. The guys that are sticking it out and doing a good job at long-form cricket Mm
2: -hmm. uh, seem to be consistently overlooked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. um, Again, um, this is where the consistency of selection and of a performance comes back to it. And this is, like you said, this is the stuff that Bailey was supposed to stop this. Yeah, he's a project sort of thing. The raw numbers say if you stack up all the openers around Australia, including David Warner and Usman Kawaja, and you're picking the two who have scored the most runs. It's Osman Kauraja and Cameron Bancroft. Yep. It's not David Warner. Well, that's another thing too. So uh, Cam- David Warner has
1: yeah, like other with that other than the exception of that 200 on Boxing Day, that, Warner has had a long, long period before and after of of well, it's it's not even mediocrity. It's bad. It's His cra- form has been bad. Huh. Um, how much of a leash do you think Dave Warner's getting? He's off. If they're going to pick him, they're going. To, he's going to play at least the World Test Championship.
2: Yeah. Uh, I saw a very interesting thing uh, on the back page, which is a yeah. I, I had to Google that myself and listen to Mrs. Warner defend yeah, her husband. So
1: it's a it's a sports panelist show, and Candace Warner was on the panel, and she went out and um, like uh, they were talking about you know Warner's really got to step up and perform in the first couple of tests because he's he's heads on the chopping block. And then she got a knickers in a twist and was like, why? Why why is he on the chopping block? And it's like, well, because we have eyes, Candice. We have eyes. He's nearing the end of his career. He hasn't scored a run worth a damn in ages. She turned around and she gives the most, and I hate this, I really hate it, this asinine argument. Who's going to be better? It's like we don't know who's going to be better until we try and put him in there. But at the moment, your husband's form's not good enough to play test cricket. You go look at his stats, and you, you know how it's all reading. Those stats overall, especially his away stats, they're not good enough. You don't, you don't. With the long proud history of openers that we have, those aren't good enough anymore. Yes, he's got, he's one of the best players that we've ever had, but at the moment, no. What have he done for us lately? Not much. No. So he's not doing a job good enough to lock him in, which means that you then look to the next level down. And I'm sorry, Candice, but there are quite a number of players that look like on paper that they could do a better job than Dave Warner. Cam Bancroft, um, uh, Marcus Harris, and Matthew Renshaw are uh, three standouts in and around the squad that are looking there. They've got quite some serious uh, domestic runs on board, and that's how it works. When the players playing the international level is no longer doing the job, which Dave Warner is not, you then go to the top... And of, hasn't for a while. You go and look at the top performing players at the, the level down and then they make the step up. And then you make an informed judgment as will they do a better job. But the whole, who's going to be better? We don't know. Of course we don't know who's going to be better. He's been an opener for the last, you know... 12 years. 12 years or so. But, like, you can't... <laughs> sometimes form disappears. If we're just going to pick guys because we know that they used to be good, we'd still have Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer opening the batting. Like... <laughs> It's the and, most and, asinine defence to that sort of... When a player comes, with, you
2: know, is out of form, who used to be very good, who's going to do a better job? The last thing I would want to if I'm David Warner, well I don't know uh, what his mentality on this is, I really don't want my missus getting on a national television show and, and sticking up for me. Well, she was, the best thing I can do is... If I'm given the opportunities, I go out and make some runs. What my wife's got to say to a panel of journalists on a television show is totally irrelevant, and quite frankly, she was um, brought on specifically for the show. She wasn't brought on just to talk about
1: David Warner. So before anyone gets that they've just she like rung up this show and was no, she was no, on she there. Was, to, she, she was on there to do a job. She was a guest
2: panelist, so she was commentating on other sports stories yeah. as well. But obviously, if you're a sports journalist, worth yourself, and Dan Ganain is. He Was straight on one, like, yeah, and he kept making the point. He was very polite about it, and he's polite than I would have been, yeah, absolutely. He would was, have absolutely and he just was kept like, making the point, he hasn't done the job, he's not doing the job. And she's have someone who's going to be better, Well, as you said, it's totally asinine, it's a totally irrelevant comment. Who's going to be better? Who cares? who's going to be better. He's not, but we're talking yeah, about him,
1: it's yeah, it's what. Other people do has no bearing on Dave Warner's position. Yeah. Dave Warner's position is in jeopardy, and yeah. there are guys at the next level down, and that's how you audition to play for Australia. Play for Australia is do well in Sheffield Shield, and there are guys yeah. in his position doing really good jobs. Yeah, uh, and it's not just like oh, they you know they're they're not bad. They're doing really good jobs. I mean Marcus Harris, we. We, we thought we'd moved on, but Cricket Australia offered him the um, the central contract, so we knew that he was going to come sneaking back in. But all things considered, like I know that I don't think that he's ever going to cut it as a Test cricketer. But all you can ask him to do is go and score runs domestically and lots of them, and lots of them, and he does it. And yeah. which is a which is a frustrating thing, is because well, that's the currency that we have. He's trading in that currency, and then he makes that step up, and he's one of those players. I think really really highlights it's like Sean Marsh as well. Yeah. You can be absolute solid gold at domestic cricket, but there are just some players that just cannot make that step up. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be Marcus Harris's legacy. is He's just not going
2: to – Well, in order for it to not be his legacy, he needs to have a match – a series-winning tour. I don't
1: even think it needs to be series. It just needs to
2: be good. Obviously, breaking the duck of hundreds would be be a good one, but just – some consistency and some stability at the top of the order, which is what my big criticism of Warner now and over the last few years is he's not consistent and he's not he's not providing stability at the top of the order. Um, that's what you want from your openers. I mean, you can talk about... How people play and ball and all that sort of crap. At the end of the day, Test cricket's been played for 150 years and this is how we do it. Yeah. Okay. You have good, solid guys who go out, can see the new ball off. But if they can score really fast, that's a bonus. That's great. Like for Warner, Saywag, who, you know, in that ilk. But uh, you need a guy who can do the, the business at the top of the order, whatever it happens to be under whatever circumstances. I don't think Marcus Harris is ever going to be that person either. Um, Dave Warner's not that person now. But the guy who does seem to be, yeah, there's a couple of guys there who seem to be, like they know.
1: Like Matthew Renshaw yeah. in all this pro Bancroft talk, which I'm on board with. Yeah, you know, Matthew Renshaw has a Test 100 opening yeah. the batting. Like yeah. He's had some solid performances over a, a, a couple of years now for Queensland, both yeah. in the middle and at the top of the order. Yeah. Let's not like, beat around the bush. He was awful in India. He yeah. came with absolutely no plan at all and was found out but you know he England is he's he's played a few seasons of county and done a very good job over yeah. there um it's he's, uh, it's a much more traditional approach for yeah. for for Renshaw and yeah. I would expect him to have a much more um compiled game plan if he did end up getting the nod yeah. but from what we've been you know what we can you know ascertain from how they've handed out the contract it looks like if Warner doesn't get the job done yeah. Marcus Harris, Harris will be the yeah. next guy up which I think is just so frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> at um, some point, players need to be held accountable that when you get, you've got to do the job when you get in there and get uh, a crack at so it. So how
2: many times has he been dropped now, Marcus It's Three or four? Yeah, three or four times now, yeah. I think. Um, one interesting little wild card that I wanted to throw into the mix while we were here talking about this is the last opening combination that we had in a test match. That went pretty well, didn't it? Oh, look, I, I, I've seen that thrown up a few times. I can't see Travis Head being
1: an opener in those I don't finishes. want him to be. I uh, think... And I think he's actually really good as that difference maker, that yeah. sort of that you know atomic bomb we've got in the yeah. middle. Like, if we get a platform, you know... Kawaja, Warner Smith and get us off to a good start, and then you got Travis Head coming in with the you know the Duke hopefully starting to stop swinging, yeah. you know getting a bit later in the day, you know the sun hopefully is out, and you Travis Head going and flaying the attack to all parts.
2: Yeah, I just I just find it interesting to see, but it, I mean, Ben Stokes has been very vocal in coming out and saying what he wants from the pitches in this Ashes summer. He wants flat, fast, bouncy pitches that enable fast scoring, which is
1: disappointing. Um, I think that's. Not disappointing, that's what he wants. It's disappointing that that's that he's actually asked for it, because yeah. I've always maintained for the last few years begrudgingly that England make the best cricket wickets.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think there's much doubt about that. Um, the, the best sporting wickets, yeah, yeah and uh, and they're different in each venue. And now,
1: we're one of the last vestiges of when you come to a country, you know that you'll get this at this ground. The Gabba is going to be green. It's going to swing. It'll be a bit of bounce. Optus, lots and lots of bounce. You know, Adelaide is a bit of a road, uh, but it'll break up and spin. And we play uh, pink ball cricket there, so you've got to deal with all that as well. You know, the MCG is back to being that seamer that we used to have back in sort of the the 80s and 90s now that they've rejuvenated the – The the drop in and Sydney is supposed to be this low turner, but it's just a rubbish pitch at the moment. It needs it it needs needs some some serious serious help. The SCG, but they've all got flavors, and it doesn't matter who's playing um, or what Australia needs. You come down and 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 you you deal with it. I remember very they were um, doing the the Fox Cricket Alan Border specials and the Westin when we lost at Melbourne and leveled the series and mm. a game that we should have won against the West Indies and the West Indies knew they'd won the series because the next game was at the Wacker mm. and they weren't going to lose to Australia at the Wacker, not with their bowling attack. At no point ever was it ever thought about the West Indies are coming over. Maybe we just go and make a road make or make, a, make it a turner or something like that, just completely nullify. We don't do that. This is what this is what we have. This is what we go and play. Um Uh, And I think there's been quite a few times it's been brought up that if an Australian captain or an administrator from Cricket Australia went to a head groundsman at one of these grounds, he would be politely, and I'm saying that in inverted commas because it wouldn't be politely, told to leave the premises if there was any insinuation on dictating how the groundskeepers made their pitches. So I'm a little disappointed that that's been verbalised by the England captain, that he wants to dictate because we we do we complain that the Indians do it all the time and rightly so because it's so overtly nonsense that the stuff that they do mm-hmm. and we can't then sit on our high horses and then go well if India you know we can bag out India for doing it and then ask the curators for a, you know a custom made pitch you just. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it might be a traditional thing because in Australia we've always sort of done it that way, that the ground is the ground, you rock up and this is it place. It just irks me when you go yeah,
2: look, to I, other places in the world. England have got a bit of form in this, but over, Oh, yeah. Over, over, over a little bit of a period of time now where they know that they've had you know very good spinners coming and they'll prepare green wickets or they've got a very good uh, fast bowling attack coming to play against them so they prepare flat lifeless sort of wickets. I mean, even places like the Oval, that's traditionally their version. Well, they of the did it locker. to us
1: with Graham Swan. We they, had Nathan yeah. Horowitz and they went and made a, just spinning tracks everywhere that nullified yeah. our quicks and
2: yeah.
1: played straight into Graham Swan's hands. I think it was that 0-9 series. Yeah. Um, so
2: they have form in doing it. I personally think if you're, if you're going to turn those English wickets into these flash, flat flat fast sort of wickets, that's playing into our batsman's hands a little bit too because it's all very well and good for you to go and say, oh, well, you're going to score quickly. We've got some pretty good players in our team too. And we've got some,
1: if you know, it's flat and fast, but I don't know who's healthy and who's not, but flat and fast plays into our bowling attack yeah. in theory more than theirs because you don't have to imagine that Broad, Anderson and Robinson
2: will make up some combination yeah. of, of that attack. Where do you slot Wood in, but Because I think it's not looking good for Jofra Archer. He's, he's injured again in the IPL. He's missed four games in a row, and they're talking about his elbow again. They'll, so, they'll rotate, yeah.
1: depending on what's going on. Um, but you would imagine at least two of Anderson, Broad, and Robinson will play. Yeah, we'll play every play. test. Yeah. Um, so then there'll be another quick and, and, and their spinner. Yeah, um, Jack Leach. Jack Leach. So, you know, and the, how if, if that... you're playing two of Anderson, Broad, and Robinson on a quick, bouncy wicket, I'm um, <laughs> No disrespect to them, but I'd be more concerned about Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood than I would be about Broad, Robinson, yeah. um, and um, Anderson on on a on a fast yeah. flat track. That's so, what I mean.
2: It, 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 it's a two edged sword. I mean, you you you're saying, well, we're going to back our batsmen to go out and score really quickly. England well.
1: obviously have runs on the board in this style of this hyper aggressive batting style, but yeah. um, you know that by the same token as well, the Australians didn't make a point of playing super aggressive and for a long time were teams that were historically more aggressive just naturally. So, yeah, um, yeah if you're going to try and be quick and bouncy with those sort of bowlers, yeah. um, you might play you might play Warner into some
2: form. Yeah, well, some, somebody needs to because he's not doing it himself. Yeah, well, Stuart Broad sitting there going, excellent. Yes. I'll uh, pad my wickets this <laughs> yeah. summer. Um, the interesting thing is I found too is the, the backup bowling attack. Um, I'm glad to see Scotty Boland's got a gig there. Um, he deserves it. He really does. Oh, yeah, he's definitely moved himself into that now, um, next bowler up. Yeah, so this is – I'm just looking at that but that you, you look at that squad and you go, with Mitch Marsh in there, it, uh, we've only really got the, the, the three major quicks there. So you've got your Stark, your Hazelwood, your Cummins, your Boland. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see another bowler. They like are we're, we're talking about bringing
1: over Lance Morris, but I think he's hurt back, so he's yeah. uh, out for a while. There are a number of bowlers over, in, like I'm pretty sure is over there. I yeah. know that Abbott's over there, and yeah. so uh, I don't think it'd be too much of an issue to bring over. Yeah, but
2: we'd have to have two quick bowlers go down because Boland is will go in and yeah. he'll do a job. I think he do, so. I actually think he would. In traditional English conditions, he does a wonderful job. Where that ball's just going to nip around all the time, he just drive you absolutely mad. Yeah,
1: Uh, it's going to be a big series, I think, as well for Cam Green, as we always talk about, because he's you know he's now got that hundred off his back, that big one in India. Yeah, Um, you know he's. Definitely, they're going to be hyper aggressive when He's going to be called in to sort of spell some Like he'll left bowl, yeah. and um, one thing you have to say is Cam Green can go for a boundary. Oh yeah. So um, Cam Green's going to have to be making sure that he is going. He's giving
2: good relief overs. Yeah. Um, we can't have him coming on and going five overs for forty. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, the, the thing. The thing about Cam Green, buddy, is. You just watch, this guy. I'd love to see what he's going to do with a Duke. Oh, I, I'm actually quite excited about what he. I, I don't want. I want him to get out of that um, short, full sort of stuff. He he's shown in that fifa that he got in at the MCG. He bowls a normal attacking
1: yeah, length. Just let him nip, bowl some nip, length balls. Nip yeah, the ball around. a bit. Nip the
2: ball around a bit. He's more than handy. He's consistently bowling 138, 140 k's an hour. He's a linchpin. And like, can you imagine? Like, they want to talk about Harry Brook and that going off. You know, oh. like Cam Green and Travis Head going off for a session. It's not going to be pretty for your for your bowling attack, mm-hmm. is it? Speaking of Harry Brook, I'm very excited to see how he goes. He has just taken
1: to Test cricket like uh, a fish in oh, water. Look, hasn't
2: oh, I found it extraordinary the criticism he was getting because he got out for a couple of low scores in his first IPL games. Um, this guy's quality. Yep. he is a wonderful
1: he, player. Like guys like him, Shubman Gill, Cam Green, like they're going to be the—they're the next generation. They're going to be the next generation of superstars. You know, you Do Hasaranga, guys like that. Yeah. Um, like that's these are the next guys coming through. They are going to be special, special players. Yeah. Like I know, you know, you, oh Basball is Basball. You don't accidentally score. Was he got five Test hundreds Four now? Four or five, he, something like that. He's yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't accidentally score them through some gimmick. You know, um, you you've got to be quality to do that.
2: Yeah. And. I've watched a fair bit of him in Pakistan. He It was a, like men playing against boys, and we're talking about some pretty fair bowlers that the Packies had, and he was just belting him. He was smashing them around for fun, yeah. like, li- like literally for fun. It's almost like going, oh, I'll hit you over mid-wicket this time. Oh, this time I'll just back away and I'll smash you over cover. Um, it was he, he scares me. He yeah. really does because he's the sort of guy coming in at five, if they've got any sort of a start, and even if they don't have any sort of a start, he's coming in. The only weakness I see with him is his first couple of balls. His feet probably don't quite move you for the cut, first two balls. You can cut and paste. Three balls. You can cut and
1: paste that criticism and give it to any batsman. Yeah, that's exactly. Play, though. Oh, he's pretty weak early on.
2: Well, yeah, okay. okay. But after about throw him in the, him in the bin. Then what yeah, good is he? After about three balls, <laughs> and then you know you haven't got him out. Then you start to worry. Yeah. You really do. Yeah, it, it's going to be a really
1: good series. And I, as much as anything, I think the batting is going to be, the Australian batting is going to be key because we've got the bowling attack to really worry um, England, but so did South Africa on their tour. And yeah. what let Eng- South Africa down is their batsmen put no pressure on, yeah, on, 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 this, on any of the English. So they go out and didn't matter what the, English, the South African bowlers did, they were always behind the eight ball. And yeah. England could play with a sense of freedom. But if Australia goes out and scores, you know, 380, 420 or so in the first innings, that's, even with baseball, that's that's some pretty yeah. decent hitting to get yourself just in the game. Yeah. Um, and then you're trying to do that against, you know, Pat Cummins, who's one of the best fast bowlers ever, yeah. um, you know, accompanied by a combination of Hazelwood, Bolland or Stark, who are, you know, very, very experienced, very handy test yeah. bowlers. Um, you know Nathan Lyon as well. It's it's a lot harder to go and hit them at five six runs and over mm-hmm. when you need to try and get to four you know four hundred as it is to try and chase down wow. two fifty. Yeah. You know two guys come off like that and you've basically got two fifty wrapped up. But you got two guys come off and you get yourself to to two fifty and everyone else has fallen over. You're still one hundred and fifty runs out of the game sort of thing. So yeah. uh, Australia's batting is going to have to really stand up, which is why I'm very nervous because we've got. That you know, Kowaja, he's never been great in England, but uh, you know you'd be stupid to count him out because he's just been in such a ridiculous vein of form. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he'd go particularly well in India, but he's just he just seems to be in his renaissance. So he's you yeah, know he's fine. But then the next two guys,
2: my concern about Warner and Harris in England are going to be his low hands. That's what concerns me, particularly with the swinging ball. You don't have your hands too low for the swinging ball because you get into. What I like though about Kawhi, he's getting squared up a lot less
1: though. So on yeah. on um, um, seems to have rectified that. It's going to be a big test. Is he? You know, he obviously got dropped the last time he came out in 2019. Right. Um, but at this point, it'd be silly to. to to rule against Kawaja every time I've asked him to do something, he's got and done it. So um, you'd back him to get some runs. But yeah, Harris, Warner, and Harris are your next two guys up, and they've got really bad test records at the moment. So. Um, and starting off strong is going to be key. It's going to be laying a platform, giving room for guys like Labashain and Smith to, to get into their innings, giving a platform for guys like Head and Green to really capitalise. So
2: yeah. Um, yeah. And We could actually be wrong where it'll turn out to be uh, quite a low scoring series because the, the bowlers will actually have conditions to suit. Because I, I can't really see, given the two bowling attacks you're going to have, that you're going to have massive amounts of runs scored if the conditions suit the bowlers. Mm. If Ben Stokes goes ahead and gets these flat, hard wickets that he's talking about to score runs quickly on, that doesn't take into account the overhead conditions or anything like that. No. The, ball doesn't need, the wicket he can, doesn't need to be green for the to swing, man.
1: The, um, the the curators could go and give him that, but England could just decide no and rain for <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. half the so, spring and you don't get that at all. Yeah, so... Um, the, it's gonna be fascinating. I'm getting really excited. Uh, I, I think it's nothing pas- like possibly. an ashes nothing yeah. like an Ashes tour. At, an ashes tour is great. Ashes tours to England are great for us Aussies because every time they come out here we hand them their their backsides. P- yeah, we yeah, hand them their owners on a plate. Um, like we knew when they named the team yeah, for that the last fashion, it was, it was it the only was,
1: thing it was going to be is where they going to have a rain affected draw. Yeah, that was the only thing it was going to be four or five nil. Mm-hmm. As soon as they get this, is the squad going okay, cool. Well, we don't yeah. even need to watch it. I'm going to watch it because
2: everyone it's loves gonna be the ponds getting flogged, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's over. Yeah, um, whereas this time it's different, and particularly, if, I think for England, the key to a lot of what they do with the ball is going to be. Broad, Anderson, and Robinson are very much the same pace. They bring different skill sets, obviously. You know, Anderson with his outswing and in-swingers. Broad, he's just a great bowler. You know, I hate him, but he's a great bowler. Mm-hmm. Robinson, to me, he needed to find that extra 5Ks an hour because the rubbish he was bowling out here on that last tour just doesn't cut it. 125Ks an hour at test level just doesn't work. Where they need the, they at some stage you're going to need an injection of pace, and Mark Wood is extremely injury prone, and it doesn't, I can't see Joffrey getting up. I really can't see him playing too much of a role in the Ashes at all because he's injured again and it's his elbow again. You'd think almost they'd keep him wrapped in cotton wool and bring him back for the World Cup at this yeah, point. I, yeah, it's almost – I I really can't see that he's going to get up at all for the Ashes. So that's one thing we've got over them. We've got guys with genuine airspeed, genuine airspeed. Yep. Yeah.
1: Going to be fascinating. I hope that the uh, the steps the selectors have gone with this squad uh, aren't missteps. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Aaron Hardy is it's destined to play uh, Test cricket for Australia sooner rather than later. And uh, the uh, fact it that we sooner the fact that we've missed him for for Mitch Marsh, as you can quite tell from this podcast, we're obviously not happy about. And it's got nothing to do with. With Mitch Marsh, or it's more well, it does. Mitch Marsh doesn't have any form on the books to say that he deserves a prolonged go, but it's more to do with just the inconsistencies of how the selectors operate. I just think it's um, it it, it sends a bad message. Depending on where you sit in the likability hierarchy, It depends on how much these rules regarding you know time spent playing your discipline really matter, um, yeah. because. You know, I really thought Adam Zamper would have a lot to offer as a, sort of an attacking legs, a, attacking, accurate leg spinner, but we didn't pick him because he, he didn't have red he
2: ball form, But we oh. went and to pick
1: Mitch Marsh
2: for is one of the... Is it a different... Uh, do they look on it as a... He's a bowler and he really needs to have red ball form to go into a test match, whereas I, a batsman... I, I don't know. As long as he's hitting, the, as long as he's hitting some balls and scoring some runs but in some games, these people
1: aren't like How many times have we watched white ball specialists go and make that step up to even first class cricket, yeah. and have not? Like Aaron Finch at the peak of his powers is better than Mitchell Marshall well, could ever dream of being, and he was a bad. First class player, not even not even an average one. He was a bad first class player. Well, he couldn't get a gig for Victoria for quite a few years. So, like th- these people have been around the block uh, enough to know that there are deficiencies that some white ball specialists just can't make that step into to red ball cricket. Marsh has been given a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, yeah. at some point, it's you, you, you know it just it annoys me because we went through this whole rigmarole of setting up this preparation thing for
2: the Ashes, and then we didn't really utilise it at all. No. Um, well, but the only person who's really come out of it, who, out of that squad who's enhanced his reputation has got on the plane was Renshaw. The rest of them, I mean... And for mine, Renshaw was a lot to be in the squad anyway. Renshaw way. was oh. going anyway. It's not, I think we've clearly established that Renshaw is going to be the the next cab off the rank for someone, yeah. but now Marcus Harris is back in the fold, and it's like...
1: Really? Really? I'm just worried that this series will be the series that we... put Marcus Harris to bed forever, and that'll mean that we've failed two openers yeah. in this series, which will be bad for us. Yeah. All right, guys, that will do us for this episode. Thank you for putting up with us uh, on our soapbox, complaining and having <laughs> offering our thoughts on the, it on the squad. It could have been worse. We've got more we, people. We do. Uh, next week we'll be back and we'll be continuing our quest with the uh, World Test, uh, sorry, our, our one-day international... Best elevens by our country, and we will be doing Pakistan. So, do we have the pleasure of the deacon of um Devil's Advocacy? The deacon of Devil, I believe we do. I'll have to tee that up with Glenn to make sure that he is—he's the rest of his life is not in the way. Absolutely. How dare he schedule things not around us? Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, so it'll be a good one. Pakistan, obviously, are a fantastic one-day team. So there's a lot of big-name stars there. Uh, but until then, you'll just have to wait and speculate on who might be making it so uh, until next week bye for now guys
0: over sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two